Good morning. Good morning. Nice to be with you again. Thanks for the opportunity to share God's Word. Happy Father's Day to all you dads. Saw Chad pull up and pull his twins out of the truck. I said, did you uh, make your dad breakfast? Oh, no, they gotta, you got to work on that. What a blessing to be able to call uh, God Almighty, the gr- creator of the, the universe, with its billions and billions of stars, billions and billions of galaxies, to call him uh, a father. That's such a... My dad died young, so I've had to lean on God as my father a lot. And he's, uh, he's a good, good father, like we sang. I once read a book about a, by a, a, a Christian who had been a Muslim, uh, was a, a woman, and uh, she titled the book, I Dare to Call Him Father. And um, in the Islamic faith, um, God is uh, mighty, and he's the judge, and he's the source of all that's good. But uh, they don't know God in that way as a, a loving father. Jesus brought that uniquely into our understanding of God Almighty. Daddy, Abba. So he's a God who is uh, a provider, a protector, a personal disciplinarian. He's an identity giver, as fathers are. He is that personal and real a force of love in our lives so thank you lord well as donna mentioned uh we have a special service uh today when we're going to give our word uh to each other uh particularly the browns and the mills but all of us as we uh make our vows to them so uh, i titled this message today keeping your word keeping your word the importance of keeping your word is embedded throughout the Bible. Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount, put it really simply. He said, let your yes be yes and your no, no. Uh, and he said that in the context of uh, in that day, they made a lot of oaths when they gave the word. And he said, don't, don't be someone who has to say, you know, uh, I'll, I'll be there, uh, cross my heart, hope to die kind of thing. You know how we kind of say the oaths uh, sometimes. Uh, just be a person of integrity, of trustworthiness, reliability. You let your yes be yes and your no, no. That's what Jesus called his followers to be and to do in his Sermon on the Mount. And uh, along with that command of our Lord, I have a couple scripture readings this morning. Uh, the first one highlights the importance of keeping your word, and then the second uh, scripture reading why and then how uh, to do so. So uh, let's open our Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 5 for our first reading of God's holy word. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 1. It's a straightforward passage about the importance of keeping your word. I don't know, is it going to be on the screen behind me? No, okay. The word of the Lord. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know that they do wrong. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God's in heaven and you're on earth. And so let your words be few. 
As a dream comes when there are many cares, so the speech of a fool when there are many words. When you make a vow to God, do not delay in fulfilling it. He has no pleasure in fools. Fulfill your vow. It's better not to vow than to make a vow and not fulfill it. Do not let your mouth lead you into sin. And do not protest to the temple messenger, Oh, my vow was a mistake. Why should God be angry at what you say and destroy the work of your hands? Much dreaming and many words are meaningless. Therefore, stand in awe of God. The importance of making and keeping our word. When you make a vow to God, verse 4, don't delay in fulfilling it. He has no pleasure in fools. Fulfill your vows. And then, turning to the second passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 to 22. This is the why and the how of keeping our word. But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He has anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that you're a God of your word, that that word has come in your son Jesus, that that word has come through the written scriptures that bear witness to him. And as we think about being people of our word, we pray your blessing on the scriptures and on this teaching in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to focus on the passage from Corinthians, and uh, a little ba- background to it is, is helpful because uh, the Apostle Paul who wrote these words, he was the founding pastor of that church in Corinth. That was around uh, 50 A.D., and uh, in verse 19, he says in that passage, Silas and he and Timothy preached Christ in that city, and lo and behold, a church was born. Well, if you know, uh, Paul and his team would go on to other cities to preach Christ, and uh, later, then they would make missionary trips and do a circuit around the churches that they had founded and begun, and uh, they would encourage and teach and do pastoral work there. In a previous uh, letter, uh, Paul had let the church in Corinth know that he was planning to come to visit with them, and uh, as it turned out, he was unable to make it in the uh, time frame that he originally indicated because of some other circumstances that had arisen. So his plans had to change. And uh, in the meantime, uh, this letter that I just read from was written five years after his founding of the church, around 55 AD. Uh, Other men had entered into the uh, fellowship of that church, and they were seeking to gain influence as leaders in the church uh, by disparaging Paul. 
Uh, and uh, so they would uh, kind of subtly say, well, he's not all that you think he is. Uh, you know, put, put your trust in us. And as evidence of Paul's untrustworthiness, they said, see, he gave his word to you that he would come and visit you at such and such a time. And what happened? He backed out. He's a no-show. He's unreliable. He is, doesn't keep his word. Follow us, not him. That's the backdrop to the passage I read. Now, if it happened in our day and age, you know, you had to change plans, you just te- shoot a quick text, or uh, if you're Donna, you email, and, uh, and, and then you just say, hey, I can't make it. Uh, things came up, and, I, and I had, I'll be delayed. But back then, they didn't have those abilities, so Paul wrote this letter which, um, you know, took its time to get to the church, and he explained what happened, and uh, not only now, here, but throughout the letter of 2 Corinthians, he is defending his apostleship. He's defending his integrity and his character. It's one of my favorite letters because it's such a personal letter uh, that Paul writes, and in verse 18 of our passage, he says, hey, I'm not someone who says yes and no in the same breath. I'm someone who keeps his word. Why? Because God is someone who keeps his word. That's how he starts off. God is faithful. And that's why it's so important that we as Christians keep our word. God makes promises. God keeps his word. He's faithful. That's who he is. And so that's who we aspire to be as his ambassadors in this world. He makes promises to us, verse 20, and those promises are yes in Christ Jesus, crucified, risen, that event is God's historical assurance that he is someone who keeps his word. All of those promises that are scripture is full of, they, you can bank on them because of Christ Jesus. And so that's what Paul does. And through Christ, he says, I'm banking on him. I'm saying amen. Amen means so be it to his glory we trust you God we know that you keep your word and so it's an amen life with God that we have as Christians you promise you're faithful we say so be it and then in that life together we build fellowship with God we learn to receive his word his guidance his spirit his love as a father in heaven The amen life. I I once heard said, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, there's only uh, only, uh, two real sources of problems and difficulties and anxieties in in this world. One is is the past and the other is the future. (laughs) And uh, uh, the past can be a source of uh, anxiety and trouble because uh, we do things that we regret. Things happen to us that have shaped us in bad ways, and so we think, well, this has happened, and I am who I am, and it's all fixed, and it's troublesome, it's bothersome that we've either had things happen to us or that we have done things that lock us in. But hallelujah, God has brought remedy to troubles and anxiety from the past by giving us forgiveness, right? Forgiveness frees us to become who God calls us to be. So we don't have to be locked 
into our guilt and regret and shame, nor do we have to be locked into things that have happened to us. People hurt us, sometimes severely, and that shapes us. But we can start to become uh, who God wants us to be, to be free by extending forgiveness. So forgiveness is his remedy for troubles that relate to our past. The other source of anxiety is the future because uh, no one knows what tomorrow holds. Things happen. Accidents, illness, job loss, stocks crash, smoke comes from Canadian fires and we can't breathe. It wasn't too bad here in the Midwest, but no one knows what tomorrow holds, and that too is a source of anxiety. But you know what? God is, just as he has for the past, he's provided a remedy for the future. You know what he does? He gives us his word. He gives us promises. He says, I'll be there. I'm going to be there for you. Five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. In any uncertain tomorrow, you'll have one certainty. I'll be there with you. I'll be there for you. That's the power of God's promises that have been assured to us in Christ Jesus. And so, boy, I say amen to that. Because <laughs> who knows what tomorrow holds? Our futures are uncertain. Things happen. But we know one certainty and any uncertain tomorrow, and that's that God will be there because he's promised us to be there. And so, for both the past and the future, God presents his forgiveness and his word. Now, bringing that into our lives today, as humans created in the image of God, we have the ability to give and keep our word. It's like the greatest human ability we have in the freedom of who we are we can say you know i'm going to be there for you Ah, it's 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 really what the church is all about the church is a covenant community that's the heart of it because god is a covenant making god and it's the noblest thing to do the highest thing to do as a human made in the image of god in the freedom of who we are to give and keep your word is say, I'm going to be choosing to be with you and for you. And so in that, we build life together. Why do we keep our word? It's because who God is, and it's the highest expression of who we are as human beings. It's our noblest ability. So, Having said that, you might be kind of shaking in your boots thinking, whoa, I'm going to be, all of us are giving our word today. And uh, what am I getting into? Well, here's great news in our passage. We have help. We have divine help as Christians. Verse 21 in our passage says this, it's God, it's God who makes us both us and you stand firm in Christ. God makes us stand firm in Christ. God is our first help in keeping our word. As we continue in our life with him to learn to draw from him, receive from him, trust him, 
delight in his faithfulness. We, we, we are helped by knowing that he is a faithful God. He's the one to make you stand firm. Um, that verse reminds me in the marriage liturgy when I lead a wedding service, and uh, that's a really sacred time of giving your word. But, you know, there's a line that says, uh, you know, in God's gracious presence and abiding power are needed to keep our vows, to continue to live in love, and be faithful servants of Christ. Because human commitment is fragile, human love is imperfect, but the promise of God is eternal, and the love of God can bring our love to perfection. His love perfects our love. And it is an act of love to keep your word. So keep growing in his love, people. And then to that end, Paul describes a more personal help of God in verse 22. It says he anointed us. He set his seal of ownership on us. He put his spirit in our hearts. The Holy Spirit is the personal help of God He is the one who convicts and teaches us how to keep our word. So your friend says to you, hey, let's get together for coffee. Why don't we meet at Dunkin' Donuts at 1030? And you say, yeah, yeah, it's been a while since we caught up. I'll be there. And you get there at 1025 because you're excited to see that uh, you'd be with this guy or a girl. And 1030 comes and no friend. 1045 comes, no friend. Where are you? 10.55, you get a text, and your friend just says, oh, oh, uh, sorry, I'm running late. I'll be down at 11. Ouch. That's that's bothersome. That's a violation of of disrespect. You could have used that half an hour to study for an upcoming exam, and you're bugged. This guy doesn't keep his word. And you pray through it and you forgive them and maybe you'll talk about it with them. But you say to the Holy Spirit who, again, through experiences like that, the Holy Spirit says, you know what? The fact that I'm so bugged by that shows me how important it is. Because we build relationships. We build community by keeping our word. That's how God builds community with us. So when that happens, you say, okay, Holy Spirit, Make me that much more committed. Now, of course things come up, but in this day and age, of course you just let people know. We walk with the Spirit. He's the one who teaches us. He is God's presence in our lives. He's God's seal of ownership in your life. You know you belong to God when he tells you it's important to keep your word. So cultivate, the Bible says, keep in step with, don't run ahead of the Spirit, don't lag behind, keep in step with Him as you journey through life and uh, He'll help you to keep your word. And then the third help in our passage is uh, our hope for the age to come. Paul describes the Holy Spirit whom God puts in our hearts as a deposit. Did you see that? A deposit guaranteeing what is to come. That fellowship that we have with God in spirit and truth. Jesus said what matters is we live and worship God in spirit and truth. All of religion is a means to that end. 
That fellowship is a taste, a deposit, a foretaste of what's to come. I used to like shopping at Sam's Club when I had my five kids in the home. You know, you go to buy a lot of stuff, but I especially like going there because they had those taste testing tables, you know? And you'd, I'd go to them and, you know, try some salami and cheese and cracker spread and, you know, you get a foretaste. And if you like it, you take the whole big thing, the whole piece of salami. The Spirit is a foretaste of heavenly life. He is the first fruits, guaranteeing a day to come when we'll walk and live in fullness of godly life. And in terms of today's subject, keeping your word, there'll be a day when, you know, we no longer have to make vows because we will all be fully truthful, fully loving human beings. Hallelujah. It'll be as natural as breathing. Jesus was once asked about marriage in heaven. He said, there's no marriage in heaven. By that, he didn't mean there's no love in heaven. Heaven is all love. There are no vows in marriage. We don't have to pledge ourselves to be faithful because we will be faithful. We don't have to pledge ourselves and work at it because it'll just be natural. We don't have to be told to make your yes, yes, and no, no because we'll be fully and truly for each other in the life to come. Fully loving people and that's the promise that the spirit gives us and guarantees in our lives and to live with that vision is to live in hope and the bible says only three things remain abide love faith hope and love and we're called to live in hope so when we find ourselves struggling and even failing to keep our word we just as Christians, you know, slap herself in the face and said, you know, that's not who I am. I said I'd give you a call and I forgot and I'm sorry. I said I'd pray for you and I forgot and I'm sorry. We don't necessarily, we say that to God. If you feel like you got to say that to someone, do it. But, you know, we live toward our hope. We live toward that day when there'll be no more vows, no more working at love, no more working at faithfulness, just being all fully sanctified, fully true, loving people. That hope energizes our faithfulness today. God is a promise-keeping, covenant-keeping God. He's faithful to his word, and so we gladly humbly, dependently, trustingly make our vows to one another. And because he is our help, we stand firm in Christ. All the promises God has made are yes in Christ, including the promise to help you stand firm. They are yes in Christ. And so we say amen. Amen to the glory of God, living in fellowship with him and with one another in the community of the church. To his glory, let's pray. Lord, uh, we thank you that you are our, uh, our, our help. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth.
and that you've brought your help to us. Uh, for, Lord, we build life together. We build life uh, with you based on your faithfulness to your word, and we build life with one another, even as we exchange promises and become people of integrity, people of our word. So continue, Lord God, by the power of your, of your, of your word and by the power of your spirit to grow us to be people, men and women of integrity, men and women, Lord God, whose word matters. And uh, bless this time now, Lord, as we uh, enter into the exchange of vows and the browns and the mills as they make their commitments. Lord, send your spirit. Thank you for preparing uh, them for this day. And uh, thank you that uh, we can do such holy, noble acts as, as, as giving our word to each other and giving our word first to you. And so, Lord, what we do, knowing that we're fragile, God, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil, we pray that. Lord, and uh, we ask, God, and trust that you'll help us and help them and help all of us, this congregation, stand firm in Christ. In his name, amen. 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 Okay, so uh, 